Let's go on to God's word this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to uh, Psalm 2, the second Psalm. We read the whole Psalm. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his whole anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Before we go any further, I miss to welcome a very special guest we have this morning in our midst is brother Andrew and his family, his wife and daughter are here. Uh, we welcome you and then family in the sweet name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a joy to have them in our midst. Um, we grew up in the same church uh, together from childhood. Uh, we were all in the same area and um, uh, brother Andrew's father was the principal of the SBOA school, SBOA CBC school for many, many years. Many of you might uh, remember his name, a very well-known person in the city and in the nation as a great educationalist, Dr. J.D. Johnson. Uh, many of you might recognize or you might have seen him or known him. Your children have studied in the school. Uh, my brother and I, we studied in the school uh, from my LKG onwards and um, uh, we were all part of the same church and I had the privilege uh, right from my childhood uh, to sit next to my principal in church. <laughs> and so wonderful man of God, a man of prayer, a very good preacher who was an elder in the church um, and, uh, you know, built up the school. Today, the school has about 10,000 students in just that one campus and many other, many other schools as well. He and the founder of the school, um, Mr. George Moses and many other senior uh, you know, Christian teachers, they all prayed. Uh, they used to, he was talking to us even this morning about how they used to do all night prayer, uh, laying hands on the names of the students and praying. And, and that's why uh, this institution won many awards and uh, great, uh, uh, you know, results came out of this institution and it became a great, very, very popular institution. From that shed, literally from that shed, his dad built it up to what you see today. Um, you know, served there for many, many years and went on to other places and, um, you know, served as heads of institutions. So, uh, real joy to have him here. And he happens also to be my mom's Sunday school student. We all grew up together <laughs> as friends. And um, uh, he, he's a contemporary to my brother, uh, much older to me. And his brother, younger brother, now pastors uh, the uh, famous St. Andrews Kirk. Uh, Reverend Isaac Johnson is his brother, uh, who's the senior pastor of that church. And uh, shortly in a 
few months we will be uh, going there to a wedding for a wedding uh, you know that's going to happen for a couple from our church uh, all right so some too uh, praise the lord for these wonderful blessings some too talks about uh, uh, the a kingdom a king it's talking about um, the establishing of a kingdom you know the key verse there is uh, verse number 8 ask of me and i will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth your possession you will rule them with an iron scepter and you will dash them to pieces like pottery there's a king who is installed in verse 6 i have installed my king on zion my holy hill i will proclaim the decree of the lord he said to me you are my son today i have become your father this king has also become the son and uh, god says you have now today become my son and i am your father it's talking about uh, jesus this is a gospel psalm Uh, this is pointing to the messiah who will be born uh, many many years later in the land of israel who will be the king of kings and the lord of lords and uh, the same thing jesus hears as he came up out of the waters of baptism after john had baptized him in the river jordan uh, this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased the father said there's a voice from heaven but uh, even though this king is god's plan divine plan and the king is going to be installed uh, on mount zion and he will rule and reign over the hearts and the lives of people and he's going to come and uh, not establish a earthly kingdom but a, a kingdom that will never perish this uh, spiritual kingdom that he will come and establish which the psalmist is writing here but the kingdoms the nations around are conspiring and they are raging and the peoples are plotting in vain if you read the first three verses there's an opposition to the kingdom which is spoken about and you see that as jesus came and ushered in the kingdom of god um, there was an opposition to the kingdom the pharisees the sadducees the uh, the roman authorities the jewish leaders Uh, the nations were opposed to his kingdom and all through the history of the people of israel you find nations that were in opposition to the people of israel uh, there was always a plotting and uh, nations conspiring and the kings of the earth uh, taking their stand and rulers coming against uh, the kingdom of god and they are saying let us uh, break their chains they let's throw off their fetters there's an opposition but in verse uh, four and five we read that uh, the lord is scoffing at them and mocking them and saying uh, how can you stand up against me he is god in heaven he is god of all the earth and he has come to establish a spiritual kingdom and no king or no kingdom can rise up or stand in opposition to him in verse five four and five we read the one enthroned in heaven laughs the lord scoffs at them then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath The Lord is the one who is able to laugh at kings and kingdoms and in their plots and in their plans. He is able to rebuke them in his anger. He chastises and baffles them. Uh, those who oppose him and his kingdom would be baffled. That's who our God is. And here he comes and the people, the kings, the leaders are unable to uh, believe what he is doing. They are unable to, uh, you know, process they are unable to uh, digest what he is doing 
he is not a king who has uh, got a royal robe and he is not seated on a throne he doesn't live in a palace uh, he is going like an ordinary man but yet he does signs and wonders and miracles and thousands and thousands of people are following him and he is able to walk on water he is able to multiply five loaves and two fish he is able to raise the dead it, it just baffles his opponents uh, they are waiting to see him herod wanted to kill him there was an opposition to his uh, coming into the world itself even while he was born as a baby but he's just laid in a manger but there's a king who wants to see him and uh, plots to kill jesus this is what is going on and you see they are baffled they 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 are unable to handle they are unable to do anything about him uh, they want to push him down a cliff but he passes through the crowd and disappears Uh, they are unable to handle him this is who our king is this is the kind of king whom we serve and worship and then in 6 we find i have installed my king god has established his throne but this is not an earthly throne or a kingdom but this is a spiritual one and uh, there's a kingdom set up in spite of opposition hallelujah and so do not be surprised if you face opposition do not be surprised or do not expect everything to go well and be at peace if you find opposition uh, for what you believe in and whom you believe in because this kingdom itself is coming under attack and there is an opposition to the kingdom itself and the king himself was under attack and threat and there were plots to finish him off but the king could not be annihilated the kingdom could not be snuffed out and men have risen all through history uh, to somehow subdue this kingdom but they've always failed in and all their plots and plans have always gone in vain they will never be able to succeed because we have a king who is on the throne and his kingdom will never be shaken because he rules and reigns forever and ever hallelujah and so do not be shocked do not be surprised when you are faced with opposition with criticism with insults uh, when you are thrown uh, into the lion's den or when you are thrown um, you know into a blazing furnace uh, do not be shocked or surprised or when you, if you are uh, put down to put uh put through slavery and if you are run down by slave masters and if you are uh, persecuted and if you are burdened and overloaded with uh, many trials uh, do not be surprised because the kingdom of god will always be in opposition to the kingdom of darkness amen the kingdom of darkness and there are people around you probably even loved ones probably strangers probably colleagues friends whoever they may be who may stand in opposition to you because of who you believe in and and your life as a kingdom person you will stay in opposition and if you are in opposition and they oppose you do not be surprised do not be afraid also because the kingdom will never end and you are part of this unperishing imperishable kingdom hallelujah but you can stand strong knowing that your king has won the victory on the cross hallelujah they thought he he was killed they thought he was it was all over they thought it is finished completely they thought the story is over they thought they buried christianity and they buried christ they buried the faith they buried his work they buried you know the people of god forever but the king rose from the dead on the third day once again hallelujah and he continues to do miracles he lives in us the king is in us and this kingdom 
continues to be established and progresses. This kingdom continues to grow. This kingdom continues to get enlarged. This kingdom continues to succeed. And you're part of this kingdom. And so when we are saying, let's go out and pray together, we, that's why I said, if you are in it, you're going to win it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because our king won it and he always wins. And if you are on his side, you are bound to win, never to fail. Hallelujah. It might look like everybody is running over you and everybody has won over you and they have snuffed you out and they said shut up and they caused you to sit down and they walked over you. You thought it's all over. You thought you can never rise again. But I want us to know this morning that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will cause you to rise up again and to enlarge his kingdom and to succeed in enlarging his kingdom. That's why you and I are called. That's why we are on this earth. That's why he has given us that authority and the power. That's why he has anointed us, not just to speak in tongues in church and make some noise, but he has empowered us with his spirit so that we will continue to enlarge and succeed in enlarging his kingdom. And that's what you see in chapter 2 here in verse number 7. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, this is a decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. He has established a relationship. He has established his kingdom. There's a king who has come and the king is also the son of God, the son of man. And the father has established that relationship with him and handed over a kingdom to him. That's what Jesus said after he served the last supper with his disciples. He said, I confer on you a kingdom as my father conferred one on me. The word confer is something like how... Um, a person who has worked hard for several years and now has finished his education and he's graduating and then they confer on him or her a degree. Now to declare and say, by the authority vested to the chancellor or the head of the institution, he would declare and say, this person is a bachelor in this area, in this field of education, is, a, is one a master's degree, who's mastered that uh, area of study and, ex and has become an expert in that area of study or has received a doctorate who has uh, done the uh, you know studied through the philosophy of that area of specialized specialization and is now a doctor who is now a specialist in that field he's conferred with that degree and now he can go and authoritatively exercise his uh, knowledge and his skills and can work and serve in the capacity that he has specialized in. And that's the way you and I have been conferred. And Jesus said, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. A You've been conferred, you've been handed down with this task of establishing, enlarging and succeeding in the enlargement of his kingdom. Hallelujah. This kingdom does not just survive uh, somehow, but this kingdom thrives. Hallelujah. It just doesn't survive, but it thrives. There's a difference between surviving and thriving. You look at this verse in uh, verse number eight and nine. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. And we're going to ask. And that's why this plan, we're going to ask, Lord, give us this reason. We're going to ask Give us, give them as our inheritance. He says, ask and I will give you the nations. It's not just a few people, but the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. 
and you will rule over them with an iron scepter you will dash them to pieces like pottery anything that comes in opposition that will not relent that will not uh, you know bow down will be dashed to pottery like pottery you will be able to have a great victory in enlarging and succeeding in enlarging his kingdom and there go on to verses 10 to 12 there's a solemn warning for those who will not yield to commit themselves to submit themselves to come into this kingdom if anybody will not enter into this kingdom if they will not uh, bow down if they will not surrender if they will not yield to come into this kingdom of God here is a solemn warning for them verse 10 to 12 therefore you kings be wise be warned you rulers of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way you better embrace the son otherwise you are going to be in trouble that's what he says there's a warning there for anybody who does not enter into this kingdom when the king has come and the kingdom has been established and people are called to come into this kingdom and as the people were called to come into that wedding banquet and Jesus sent them out and said go and invite them but nobody came and then he said go to the highways and the byways and people came Amen. And so when people come, they come to be part of this fellowship. They come to be part of this uh, communion with God, into this relationship with God. But if they will refuse and they resist this kingdom, there is a solemn warning given to them that his wrath can flare up in a moment. You know, they got to come and serve him. If not, they're going to be in trouble. And that's this kingdom. Uh, that God has established. And this psalm too is prophetic. It's a prophetic psalm, a gospel psalm, which speaks about the gospel that is going to be uh, preached and the kingdom that is going to be established. And even through the people of Israel, God was always establishing a kingdom for himself, a kingdom which is a people set apart for himself. And then you come and see the fullness of the kingdom, you know, is uh, displayed when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes in and uh, the kingdom is visible, is seen, the effects of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom, the authority of the kingdom, all of that. There's a glimpse into the kingdom that we see when Jesus is going about preaching the gospel, doing miracles signs and wonders raising the dead you see the demonstration of the kingdom and then now we are in the process of establishing this kingdom and that work has been entrusted to us amen hallelujah and then when Jesus comes again the second coming the kingdom will be consummated the kingdom has been inaugurated but the kingdom awaits a consummation where we will see the fullness of the kingdom where there will be no more sorrow no more fear no more pain no more tears no more death for all the old order of things will pass away and all things will become new that will be in his eternal kingdom when Jesus comes back again the second time amen where all the kingdoms of the earth will become the kingdoms of God and of his Christ, as we read in the book of Revelation. That's the kingdom, the fullness of the kingdom that is yet to come. But right now, the kingdom has been inaugurated and we are in between the inauguration and the consummation of the kingdom. And right here in this, uh, uh, you know, in this time period, you and I have been called to set apart a people for himself, to establish his kingdom, to expand and enlarge his kingdom. And the good news is you and I will succeed in enlarging his kingdom hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, ask of me in verse 8. Ask of me. And I will make the nations your inheritance. There is a promise. But the promise follows a prayer. The prayer when we ask, Lord, give us nations as our inheritance. The ends of the earth as our possession. Hallelujah. Over a week back, we almost went to a place which felt like we were going to the ends of the earth. <laughs> you know, after three or four hours of travel for, uh, by bus, and then you find that the, a vehicle cannot go any further, and then you only a tractor can plow through that kind of fields and um, dusty roads. And then you jump into a tractor, a trolley tractor, and about 40, uh, sorry, 25, 30 of us or something got into that and then we go for another 30 minute drive and then even the tractor can't go any further then you have to get out and walk for another four kilometers and then you find a hamlet a village and there the kingdom of god has been established there hallelujah they went and prayed and they asked and god gave them as possession the peoples here right here 20 years back when we, when we began this ministry with nobody here in this area, no one who knew Christ, you know, we began to ask, we began to walk in these streets, we began to pray and God began to give us inheritance, possession of many people and you know many of them have now gone abroad. So many people, many of your own family members are all in different nations and that's one of the promise that God has given to us. That God will bring people, they will get trained, they will get equipped, they will get discipled, and then God will send them to nations. Hallelujah. God reminded us of that promise and that has come to us, that word of prophecy has come to us several times, even through many people who have never been part of our church, who are just visiting people, who have come and prophesied and said, God will take many people to different nations. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God is taking people to different nations. Don't cry about them going to different. Oh, my son is leaving me and going. It's God's plan. God wants to. If you were part of this church, God will take you to different nations. You got stuck. You have no other way. Hallelujah. I know many mothers are, you know, at least I think most of the mothers sitting here have their children abroad. And so God wants to, God is concerned about nations. And last Saturday, if you remember, second Saturday, fasting prayer. And that's why you should be here at, during fasting prayer times. God spoke, God gave us a prophetic word and said, God is going to send forth teams to different nations from this church. Hallelujah. We already started forming teams and working on different ministries already. And God is going to send teams to different nations to serve him. Hallelujah. I thought somebody will get excited about it. God said, ask for nations, not just for one or two people. We're going to ask for this whole area, not just for one or two people. Everybody in these streets. God told Abraham, go walk the length and the breadth of this land. And wherever you set your foot on, I will give you as your inheritance. And what will the future generations look like? They will be like sand of the sea and stars in the sky. Hallelujah. 
That's the kind of blessing that God wants to give us. That's the way God wants to inherit people, nations for himself. And this morning, it might look like it's very impossible. Oh, who am I? I'm just a simple, ordinary person who lives in this small house. And I somehow we just cook our food and we just earn our money. And we just somehow live and survive. And we just came here and we ourselves are overloaded with so many problems. You know, we have so many demons to fight within our house itself. And how are we going to fight the demons on the outside? You start fighting on the outside and the things inside will settle down. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so inward focused. We keep looking at our own needs, our own problems and our own family situations and our own financial needs and, and the you know, way people are reacting to us and acting and reacting and you know, uh, outsmarting us and, and calling up some relative and that cousin called this you know, auntie and that auntie called this uncle and they said this about us and that about us and they gossiped about us in such a wrong way and so we get so upset about it and we are crying and we are coming to the Lord and saying Lord what is this they are speaking on the phone like this you know about me to everybody else and say thing all kinds of bad things about me that is cheap stuff don't give weightage to cheap stuff are you hearing me don't give weightage to cheap stuff what people gossip about you and say about you and what people think about you, as long as they have a mind to think and as long as somebody has two ears to hear and as long as they have a mouth to speak, they will gossip about you. So don't get stuck with such kind of things. They are garbage stuff. They are garbage people. Amen. Dump them in the garbage and you do what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Focus on the big things of life and don't get stuck with the small things. That need to be trashed. Hallelujah. Those conversations deserve to go into the dustbin. And to be trashed and given over when your uh, trash collector comes on the street with a whistle. Give it all to him. Amen. You go win the lost. <laughs> you go establish the kingdom of God. You do the high things of God. You look above. You don't look down. Amen. We got to set our minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. Hallelujah. Too many of us are stuck with things which are bothering others and everybody is talking and gossiping and, you know, saying accusations and this and that. Everybody will talk something. As long as they have a mouth to talk, they will talk. Amen. But there's a warning there. If they don't accept the son, if they don't kiss the son, and lest he be angry and they will be destroyed along the way, that's a danger they don't see. Our job is to go rescue people from the fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't give undue weightage to nonsense that people talk and gossip. You know, I'm fed up with such kind of relatives. There are too many of them in our family as well. I, you may not have anybody like that in your family. Probably they're all saints. But we have too many of them. You know, some of them might be even watching online right now. <laughs> and I don't care in saying that because I'm fed up with too many of those junk people. They have nothing else to do in life. Just talk and talk and talk. Call and call and call. Here and there. Bangalore to Tirunelveli. Tirunelveli to Mumbai. Mumbai to, you know, Chennai. Chennai to, it'll go America. America to UK. It'll go everywhere. There's a heavy network. And the lines are getting jammed because of all of these gossipers who've risen up. Useless people. Have nothing good in their lives. 
you focus on the kingdom of god hallelujah there's only one life to live we don't want to waste our life with these wasted people who will waste our time and consume our energy and our life and our focus and our attention what we need to focus on we need to focus them clearly and run swiftly hallelujah amen Hallelujah. So don't be sitting and crying and wailing and going and telling your sob stories to somebody else and calling up and say, you know, this is how everybody is talking about me. They are also saying I never did like that to my mother-in-law. <laughs> There's no point in telling such stories. Even if you say that you've been right and you've been the best and you've done your good and you try to prove it and you try to show it and you try to buy a 10,000 rupees worth sari and gift it. Nobody will even believe you even after all of that. Whatever they want to say, they will say. So don't waste your money on trying to prove yourself that you've been good and you've been right. It's a waste of energy. It will only weaken you. It will sap your energy. It will take you away from the focus on the things that you need to focus and things that you need to achieve on this time, this life that God has given you. When God has given you health and strength and blood, you know, and life running in your body, do the work. Once the blood stops running, you can't do anything. Amen. And so run as much as you can for the kingdom of God. Look at the things that are eternal. Don't look at the things that are temporal. The things that are temporal are bound to perish one day. Things that are eternal will last forever. Hallelujah. Spend your time, your energy, your money, your focus, your heart, your passion, your desire, your thoughts. Put them into the things that are eternal. Hallelujah. And they will last forever. And we will receive a reward from the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's keep our focus. Keep our head straight. The Bible says in verse number 8, come back to those key words, ask of me. Ask of me. Hallelujah. Ask of me. And he says, I will make the nations your inheritance. I will make the nations your inheritance. This is a clear promise. This is an assurance that the Lord gives us. I will make the nations your inheritance. That's the same command the Lord gave in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. But how can we do that when we pray? And God has also given us a promise in verse 20 of Matthew 28 that I will be with you even until the end of the age. When you do this, you're not going to do this alone. I'm going to be with you till the very end of this age. Make disciples of all nations. Ask God. Claim people for God. Ultimately, all creation belong to God. Whether they know God or not, whether they accept him or not, whether they believe in him or not they all belong to him by the very order of creation all belong to him amen by the very fact that they have been created by god he is the author of life even those who are born you know out of wedlock you know what is normally the society call as illegitimate children, but the child is not illegitimate. The parents and the relationship was illegitimate. Even for that child, God is the author of life. Hallelujah. Everyone created in the world is an impression of the image of God. And so by the very virtue of creation, they belong to him. 
but the god of this age has blinded their eyes that they may not see the glory of the gospel and so we need to pray that god will open their eyes and so when we ask lord give us these people as an inheritance lord give us these people in this area around our house give them as an inheritance give them as our possession we want to take possession of these people we don't want to allow demons to take possession of them we don't want to have satan and the devil take possession of them and take them to eternal damnation but we want to take possession of them for the kingdom of god hallelujah and so we ask him we ask and pray look at exodus chapter 17 you see this is how god gives victories when we lift up our hands to the lord in prayer ex uh, i'm sorry Yes, Exodus chapter 17 and verses 8 to 16 we read. Exodus 17, 8 to 16. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with a staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered and Moses, Haran and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, uh, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And look at verse 13. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to, to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. The banner of victory. He said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. Verse 15 says that for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Of course, this is in the, con in the context of winning a war over those uh, who harmed the people of Israel. While they asked for a safe passage, uh, they harmed them. And so God wanted to, uh, you know, punish them for that. But the point is here. when hands were lifted up to the throne of god the people of god were winning hallelujah whatever be the stronghold of the enemy over a person's life whatever be the demonic oppression however much might be the blindness of their own eyes where they cannot see the gospel even though they have seen your own life the transformation that has come in your life they have seen miracles happening in as a result of prayer probably they have also seen the mighty hand of god working dramatic things in their own life because you prayed for them or in a time of need they called out to god but yet their eyes are still blinded the stronghold of the enemy has been holding them strong and the oppression of the enemy is strong over their life evil spirits have taken control of them witchcraft sorcery might be taking control of them but you when you lift your hands to the very throne of god Hallelujah. These 20 minutes when you pray every day and you lift hands to the throne of God, you're going to see the demonic strongholds broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to see the enemy fail in their lives. You're going to see the enemy fall. You're going to see the enemy completely dismantled. 
Hallelujah. He will not be able to win over their lives, but you will win over them for the Lord. Hallelujah. You will win them over into the kingdom of God. You will win them over for life from death. You will win them over into blessing from curses. You will win them over if you will just lift your hands to the throne of God. Hallelujah. And so when Paul writes, he says, let men, holy men, lift holy hands to the Lord in prayer for kings and rulers so that we may live peaceful lives. Lifting of hands signifies an appeal to God. And the appeal that you make is to the one who is of all authority and power. Hallelujah. You bypass everyone and you go to the highest one. Hallelujah. You know, normally if you work in an office or in a company or in an institution or anywhere, you have structures or any place you go, you have hierarchical structures of power and position. And so for anything concerning that you want, you would have to go to a certain department. And then that department, you would have certain lower level executives. And then from there, that's not solved. Then you go to the assistant manager and that's not solved. Go to the manager. Then you go step by step. You will have to go through the process. You have to go through the proper channel, right? And that's where it's difficult for us many times. But now the channel is open for you. You can go straight away to God, bypass everybody in between. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what prayer is all about. You appeal to the one who is in the highest authority over all. And when you speak to him, he will get things done. And it's an easy thing for the Lord to save somebody. Because he's already paid the price. He has to just work in their hearts and bring forth the revelation that Jesus is Lord and they will be saved. It only takes a moment for that to happen. Hallelujah. It takes a moment for that to happen, but we may have to pray through a lifetime for that moment. Hallelujah. But when we do it without giving up, we will see the work of God demonstrated in a powerful way. He wants us to depend on him and when you depend on him and you lift up holy hands in prayer, to the very throne of God. When you lift hands, you're not lifting hands just here under this roof, but your hands are lifted to the very throne of God. Hallelujah. Nobody may see your lifted hands in your closed room, in your prayer closet, but when you lift your hands, it is visible and that those hands are lifted to the very throne of God. Hallelujah. From whom comes all things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And quickly, number two, we're going to look at another passage in Joshua chapter 6. When you pray in faith, as they prayed, lifting hands, they prayed in faith. And even this morning, our Joshua talked about it as well. As he led us in worship, Joshua chapter 6 and verses 1 to 7. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with uh, all the armed men. Do this for six days. Do this for six days. Repeatedly keep going and walking. It's not just about lifting hands and praying in one place, but also go and walk. To each place, for each place, there was a different strategy that God gave. And so there are different ways we need to approach each situation, each place. You know, as we walk and go, as they went walking around, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout and the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up. 
every man straight in. This, this is the walls of Jericho. This is not like our, you know, metro water wall in the next compound that is just about three inches thick. That even if you blow it with your mouth, it will fall down. But this is a wall. This is probably about 30 feet or 20 feet wide. These are huge walls and to great heights. These are fortresses that they built around those cities in those days. And uh, huge massive walls with huge rocks. Impossible for anyone to break them. It would have taken several decades to build them up. Even probably in some cases, even some generations built them up in some places. Those, those days, those are the kind of walls they built and that's how huge they were. But the Lord says, just walk around you with the ark and the priest and on the seventh day walk around seven times and blow the trumpets and shout out loud and the walls are going to come down. How will that happen? What difference would a shouting make to a wall? Even this whole PA system and the loud noise that we make with all the loud drumming and the music, they don't shatter a wall. <laughs> but with just human voices, how weak it would be. But there is power in obeying God's word. There's something about being in place, on site, <laughs> in that place. And praying there. I believe that God was just waiting for their obedience. There was nothing in that, you know, the noise that they made. There was probably nothing in the walking that they walked around six days and also on the seventh day, seven times. But there's something significant about obedience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just walking does not make any magic but it's in about taking a step of faith and obeying God in what God is telling us to do. In the way the Holy Spirit is leading us, it's about matter of faith and obedience, believing that what God has promised to do, he will do, and obeying and saying, let's rally around God's purpose and God's work together and let's do this together and let's take a step of faith. And as we obey, what happens is that the walls came down. God caused the walls to tumble down. Hallelujah. It was not just the loudness of the voice. It was God who made the walls to crumble and fall down. Do you think God has the power to do that? Hallelujah. He has the power to do that. And so it's important that we also walk and pray and believe just as it happened in the time of Joshua. And if those walls, literal huge walls can fall down, every wall that hinders the proclamation of the gospel, every wall that hinders the progress of the gospel, every wall that hinders and stands for, as a hindrance for people to believe in the gospel, it might be rituals, it might be traditions, it might be superstitious beliefs, it might be false gods, it might be all kinds of demonic oppression. It might be the you know blinding of the people's eyes. Whatever be the thing that blinds and whatever be the thing that stands as a wall for people to believe in the gospel and receive Jesus in their life. We pray that all those walls will come down and God will bring them down like he brought down the walls of Jericho and we will take possession of the lives of people for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is going to do that. Do you believe that? You ask, lift up holy hands.
in prayer to the very throne of God. Walk and pray. That's what we are going to do. Walk and pray at least 20 minutes a day. Just 20 minutes. It doesn't mean that we have to stop with 20 minutes. You can go ahead and do it as long as you want to. Walk even an hour if you want to. Lay hands and pray. Walk and pray. Go street by street and you will see God bringing down the walls down and people taking, you know, coming into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If you work in an office, work, walk around your office. <laughs> if you work in a school, walk around your school. If you work in a college, we study. If you're a student, walk around your campus and pray. Pray. And you will see the strongholds of the work of the enemy tumbling down. Hallelujah. Let me give you a, a, a one uh, you know, story to just encourage you to pray and, and to just encourage you to believe uh, this is something that has happened. We went, you know, even last night we went out on a prayer drive around different schools in this area. And we've been doing that consistently for a while now. And many years back as a youth group, we went out to different schools in all of these areas and we went and uh, did prayer drive and prayer walking around the institutions, praying that God, that you will touch these students in this campus. And you know, we, we did a prayer walk on a Saturday and on a Monday, I got a call from Velamal School inviting me to come and speak at the assembly. I, have, I know nobody there. Nobody knows me. But through some stray contact, somebody referred my name to someone there. And in some way, they chose to invite me to come and speak at the assembly. And I went there on that appointed day. And then sat with the principal of that institution and spent some time, you know, as a chief guest for that day. I was there and that, you know, and they were hosting me. And so they invited me to the room and served me some snacks and welcomed me and all of that. And then I was in that conversation and that principal and he was a non-Christian person. And that few minutes, just about five, seven minutes before we could go into the assembly, I had a little conversation with him. And then... He was at a place where he had believed in Christ, but he was not fully, had not yet fully accepted Christ. And then I talked to him about baptism and led him to commit himself to the Lord in that few minutes in the principal's office. And then he used to come to our church once in a while. He was a very busy man, working even on Sundays. He used to come. And uh, did we baptize him? I don't remember. Many years back this was. Many years back. He committed his life to the Lord. Hallelujah. And then we continued to do the prayer walk. And then they invited me back again after a while. And you know, there was such an oppression of the evil one in that campus. And, and I was going to go and speak another time that morning. And the previous night I fell sick. You know, I, I had high temperature. In the middle of the night when I woke up, and I uh, wanted to have some water or something. I was running so high on temperature, I fainted and fell in the middle of the night. And then the next day, I had no strength in me, high temperature. I couldn't even have a wash and get ready to go. And I said, there's no way I'm going to go. But yet, I didn't want to miss this opportunity. And I kept praying. I didn't even have the energy to pray. I was so weak, you know, with this high temperature. My brother took me and somehow I didn't, even without a bath, I just dressed up and uh, shivering in fever, I went up, you know, uh, to the campus and I went there and he was standing by my side, you know, by the compound wall and I was sitting on that platform in the assembly with this principal and all of them 
and i was it's hot sun but i'm shivering you know and i can't even speak you know sometimes in on high temperature you can't speak you stutter right and that's how i was and so they introduced me and i i stood up to speak and the moment i stood up and there's a there's a temple itself inside that campus and when the moment i stood up that brass bell in that place broke and fell down by itself and the moment i stood up and my fever was gone in a moment and i was normal and i spoke i preached the gospel that day on that campus hallelujah out of the blue openings will come we were doing prayer walk around all these schools remember uh, two three months back also we went and then a, a couple of months back i get a message from sboa school the cbc school because our children study there and all of the homework and everything comes through sms these days bulk sms to the parents and so there's an sms message from the school saying if there are any parents who want to be resource persons for our students please contact this teacher and so immediately we got ready and we prepared a proposal a letter and saying hey, these are the issues that we can address for students and we can do sessions for students and here i'm offering myself to be a resource person for the school so i this was again a non christian teacher and i go and meet her and give her this proposal cutting the long story short this invitation came after we did the prayer drive around the campus i've never heard of any institution where the institution calls for parents to come as resource people for their students i've known this institution for 30 years or even more i joined there when i was in lkg and now our children also study there so we've been associated with this institution for many many years but i've never heard of an announcement where they said parents can come as a resource person for the students and so when i went and gave this proposal and we had highlighted on issues that we would address peer pressure you know help me um addictions how to overcome addictions facing um uh, how to deal with failure coping with failure all right so we had uh, suicidal tendencies yeah you can read it out paul yeah yeah these kind of issues so we said we're going to address on these kind of issues this is a big problem uh, which many young people are struggling with and we want to help them to overcome these things so that they can be successful and they will excel so we prepared a proposal and we've given to them and when i went there i was uh, a little scared i was wondering they asked for resource people and most parents are professionals in terms of doctor engineer lawyer scientist something like that and maybe what if they are looking for some resource person like that who would give them a career guidance in some of these fields probably that is what they're looking for but we are taking something which is not a professional uh stuff like that it's talking about personal issues which students face and what if this is not something they want and they would dismiss this so i was literally doubtful but anyways i just wanted to go and give and so i went and gave and the teacher who was handling this saw it and said this is exactly what we want two students went for a conference somewhere they got very inspired and motivated and their lives got transformed and they're doing very well they're studying very well and so we said why not we do something like this for the whole school and so they said this is exactly the type what we want let me talk to the principal and fix a date for you and you guys come and do this hallelujah 
you pray in some way i believe that sms came as a result of prayer hallelujah you go and pray around your campus your campus will start opening up you pray around your you know apartment complex you walk and pray in the streets you will, that area will open up for the gospel people will come to you they will come seeking you they will in some way god will cross you to cross paths with somebody and you will be able to lead them to christ and give the gospel to them hallelujah can you imagine for that some 10000 students in that velamal school i preached the gospel and i gave an altar call if anybody wants to have jesus in your life and you want to go to heaven repeat this prayer after me and the whole student body prayed that prayer <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah these are nothing but miracles but god when we ask god he will work hallelujah the reason why we don't see miracles is because we don't ask you receive not because you ask not you ask and god will give the nations as our inheritance shall we pray this morning and commit ourselves to the lord in earnest desire trusting the lord that god will bring about a transformation in our lives that god will give us a spirit of prayer that god will enable us to reach the lost our colleagues our friends our relatives our family our neighbors our neighborhood our neighborhood this is a month where every street in the city is going to be prayed through hallelujah so many thousands and thousands of believers are praying all over the city and god has placed us in those areas strategically your area where god has placed you you say oh there are no believers in this place oh that's why you are there you say there's no christian in my office oh you're not a minority that's why you are there to win them hallelujah hallelujah shall we pray lord give me a spirit of prayer everybody let's take this moment and pray earnestly lord give me a spirit of prayer lord give me a spirit of worship Lord give me a stir me up deep within Lord let me not rest until I have prayed and see and seen the miracle power of God working in people's lives you will lay hands on sick and they will recover the word of prophecy that came during the fasting prayer was that God has set open hearts God has made the hearts ready and God wants us to step in and share the gospel and so when you start praying you will have the courage to share the gospel hallelujah hallelujah prayer is not just to get god ready prayer makes us get ready hallelujah praying to god is not getting god ready god is always ready to work prayer makes us to get ready it prepares us for the work it prepares us to do the job it prepares us to do the purpose of god it prepares us hallelujah it makes us ready let's pray let's pray let's pray and ask god lord help me lord give me the grace lord give me a spirit of prayer lord stir my heart to pray hallelujah give us nations oh god 
Give us peoples, oh God. Hallelujah. And the Lord is going to do a mighty work through your life. God is going to touch people through you. Hallelujah. Do not think that you are insignificant, that you are a nobody, that you are new to the faith, you are new to the gospel, that you do not know Christ so much. Do not think that you are somebody insignificant. God is able to use even a donkey to speak. Hallelujah. To a prophet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will use anybody. You are precious. You are valuable in God's sight. You are a person of significance. Oh, hallelujah. If not you, who will? Who will if not you? Hallelujah. 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 Ask the Lord this morning. Lord, give me a spirit of prayer, oh God. Hallelujah. To walk and pray every day, Lord, until we see the lost reached with the goodness and the gospel of God. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus precious name. Lord, we thank you and praise you for enabling us Lord to come together and study your word and be inspired and Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit who has been speaking to us in a powerful way this morning. We pray that we will ask for nations and Lord you will give us inheritances and possessions of peoples around us oh God. Hallelujah. Give us your grace. We love you. We worship you. Bless everyone we pray. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen.